With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Yes. Football for Pod Two Ninety Five. Whoa, mulching along. Um, wasn't it Two Ninety Six last week? No, Two Ninety Four, I think. Oh, okay. yeah, I think it was Two Ninety Four. You know what? It'd be good if we're going backwards, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone cares about the numbers, but anyway, um, listen. Before we get into it, please subscribe to the podcast. I realise I've never said that before, ever on the pod, but you can subscribe to the pod. Not really? With that, I didn't know that. Not with that level of pleading in your voice. <laughs> please it. subscribe. Please. <laughs> um, on whatever app you're listening, subscribe. And also, if you give us a five-star review and rating on iTunes, it gets us up the chart. And who oh. wouldn't want FYP up the charts on the Yay. iTunes? So um, if you could do you. that, <laughs> if you could do that, we'd really uh, appreciate it. So on today's pod, we'll be looking back at that Crazy 2-1 win at Old Trafford. First ever win against Man United in the Premier League. We're not expecting that. And I'll be explaining later why it made me absolutely livid. Um, also, <laughs> I should point out, we are recording on Tuesday afternoons. And obviously, Palace played Colchester tonight oh, in the yes. Cup. I probably should have got us in at a different day. But do you know what? We're here now, so we're going to roll with it. I so think if, people would more like to hear us talk about the Man United game than the whatever happens at Colchester True. tonight. But just some people else. might be listening to this after the Colchester game. They might, yeah. I'm just embarrassed. They all think we haven't got a job. <laughs> well, I haven't got a job. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got a job. <laughs> it's not a five-star show so far, is it? <laughs> no. I'd say it's a two. <laughs> it reads like a three, oh, but it's... Gosh. <laughs> right, OK. On today's pod, uh, back from Edinburgh. Kevin Day? Three. I was back from Edinburgh last week, remember? Oh, I thought you came back last for the pod last week. I did I did come back, but I didn't go back to Edinburgh. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm still back from, still back from Edinburgh. Yeah. Good stuff. Back. But it's finished now, so I'm not sulking like I was last week. <laughs> Good. Well, well, we're glad to have you back down south. Um, back once again for the Renegade Master. I don't know, I couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> James Hendercott. He's That's back from Dulwich Hamlet. <laughs> I'm just back yeah. from, I went to see Dulwich Hamlet yesterday. Yeah. With uh, ex-Palace players playing. They uh, they lost 3-2 to Slough Town. 86th minute penalty for Slough Town. Dodgy decision. Mm. I, I was, we, were, we were all just shouting out, VAR! Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't have it in the Who were the, play- the, the players? Uh, Reese was playing. Alassani. Yeah, he's playing. He's back on loan from uh, Coventry. Yeah. And Sam Togwell was playing. 
Oh, Marshalling the defence, yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought he was at Barnsley, wasn't he? Sam I think he was. was. Well, right? been yeah, it's, it's, it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I met a Halifax Town fan. Whoa. Oh, nice. Oh, it was all oh. very odd. And I, had, and I had some lovely food <laughs> and some excellent pale ale. And I also heard the greatest chant I've ever seen at a football game. Yeah. Um, it was the Slough Town fans, because it was at Dulwich Hamlet, which is, I would, uh, I would describe them as a hipster club. Oh, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. There are lots of nice pale ales at the bar and uh, lovely foods and nice pies and mm-hmm. very, nice, very nice people. Yeah. Uh, and the Slough fans were shouting at, at one point in the second half, sit down if you're not vegan, sit down. <laughs> and they all sat down. It was amazing. It was, and it's, and literally, that was a highlight of my weekend. That is my years. kind of club. We should, can we get some more non-league reviews from you in future pods? Yeah, absolutely, yes. I enjoyed that. Um, and back for the first pod of the season, full pod season, it's Adam Sells. Hey! Oh, how are you? Very well, thank you. Hey, good. Are you over the moon, top over of the, the world? Over the moon, top of the world, all of that. Right. Talking of other clubs, by the way, can we put a, give a shout out and a hopeful fingers crossed for any Bolton and Berry fans? Yes. Yes. Listening as well. That's we've, fair. We've... We've been through that. Well, let's hope they... Yeah, I, well said, Kevin. Let's hope they do get sorted out. Palace, then. 2-1 win <laughs> at Old Trafford. Kevin, I'm going to say it. You know I'm going to say it, so I'm just going to come out with it. Was it typical Palace? <laughs> it, 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 it's, you know what always amazes me is when it's the most unexpected result ever, and there's always some git who tweets a picture of his betting slip. Yeah. <laughs> with someone with Palace to win 2-1, Van Arnold to score. In the 90th minute. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think all, there's a lot of stats floating around after that game. Uh, I particularly like the fact that Van Arnold was the first player in the Premier League to score a winning goal in extra time at Old Trafford. Yeah, that was yeah. brilliant. But my favourite stat was the fact that we had 19 touches of the ball in their area, which doesn't sound like many, but Man United only had 29 in our area. And against Everton, we had two at Sellers Park. Two touches in there. So that, that shows for all the talk about the defensive qualities and the setup that we actually were quite positive and, and attempted to get forward. And the circumstances and the timing of the winning goal, you... Quite amazing, really, when you think about a Roy Hodgson team and you think, well, fine, great, settle for a point. And then Ben Teke ended up. There was three Palace players in the box and yeah. Yeah. 30 seconds to go and we scored arguably a deserved, a deserved winner. And, and Ben Teke actually started that move because he, he tackled, tackled, tackled great, and great tackle and, and, and then all that will. And I thought it was interesting, I don't know if Celsius got more insight on this than I might have, the, the nature of the celebration was interesting because the players didn't go completely berserk did they and part of that will be because you know Cahill was getting them back into shape but yeah it feeds into this narrative that Van Arnold apparently upset the players with his his tweets after the Sheffield United game about how poor we were and it it looked they looked like a group of men that had had some discussions during the week definitely (laughs) and had got some things off their chest and what is Sacco, Sacco having another non-existent well, it, it, team it just, meeting? It, do you know what I mean? It just seemed like, it doesn't seem that there's any rupture in the, in the team, but it does, they look like a group of players that maybe had had some argy-bargy in the Well, I imagine well, they, they just like, looked at themselves. Basically. I mean, yeah. they just yeah, looked at yeah, themselves. Yeah. You know, when they went back tra- training after the yeah. Sheffield game, they just looked at themselves and just gone, come on, guys, <laughs> what are we doing? We're yeah. professional footballers. That was not good enough. Yeah. But, where, yeah. but, but I was intrigued by that. But it was. But I was actually quite pleased by it in a way as well because they just like job done, business over. Yeah. Move on. But it was what it was a fantastic performance, and I, I you know, it's just an unexpectedly happy Saturday <laughs> evening. Nobody, nobody was I, expecting as that. As I said earlier, I was joy. I was livid though because I think like most Palace fans, we I expected us to lose it. So I think did. even the most optimistic Palace fan would have expected us to not get something from that. Yeah. So why? So you, I put. So I put. <laughs> 
David De Gea and Anthony Martial, my fantasy team. Giving him an evil stare for <laughs> Do you know what? I was... And... Uh, when, been, the, when the second goal went in, I was just, I was fuming. Just, just I can't. Is there, that, you're just another star just been knocked off hell. All the five star reviews. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. I'm doing this new TV show that Peter Crouch is involved with, yeah, and he he said yesterday, he said the amount of people that come up to him and and accuse him of ruining their fantasy league team or ruining their accumulator by not scoring mm. or scoring. And it's just like, and you're now accusing Palace of ruining your fantasy it's league team. Fantasy. After, yeah, and you're the not a tw- and you're not a 12 year old boy. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you've got too much time on your hands. Well, it means a lot to me, fantasy football. Um, Toby Kinder sent us a question. He said, how many seconds in before someone says typical Palace? <laughs> about, 90, about 90 seconds, I think it was. Um, Selzy, let's move on to you. Let's just call it what it was. It was a great result, mm. but it was also a smash and grab. Yeah. Is that fair? Probably, yeah. I'd, I'd, if you're going to win in, in those places against that level of opposition, you're going to need huge dollops of luck and we had a few of those you know there's no question but it was pretty heroic there were some great displays and um, you know it was a triumph for Roy really setting us up we stayed in the game we rode our luck we had our moments and I mean ordinarily you can't say that you'd score the type of goal the first goal that we scored you know you might see that on a park on a Sunday morning one you know but the, the the biggest, arguably the biggest football club in the world, of an eighty million pound central defender that they've just bought, and, a, and Lindelof was about thirty-five or something as well, wasn't he? So you wouldn't expect him to just lose one routine header and someone being on the goal and finish. He took it very well, Jordan. Chris, uh, Chris Kamara that said that was his favourite goal of the season yeah. so far. Just because it's it so unusual. Well, no, just because <laughs> he says it shows it shows there are other ways yeah. of playing football than. The possession football and also his analysis was really interesting because they, they've Lindelof Wan-Bissaka was the only one who was in line with Maguire so Maguire assumed he was going to be offside because he was marshalling and then he was slow to get back Wan-Bissaka was so it was like I he's a 200 Wan-Bissaka should have tried to yeah, come around yeah, yeah. he looked like he was on the front foot going the other you, way just yeah. expecting him to win the so header, he got a 200 you know? million quid back four basically mm. letting in a goal like that but having said that I mean the special graphic Roy kind of said afterwards it's the only way to win up there. You, the publicity, you, you know the interest. Anyone winning at Old Trafford gets that level of interest because it happens so rarely. And even a mediocre United team has got several hundred million pounds worth of talent on the pitch and 75,000 fans and would expect to win at home. Of course, yeah. And you, you, can't, you can't go to those places and try and play football from the start because they will take you apart. So you... Uh, and smash and grab sort of implies that we had two streaky chart, but we did, like I said, with those stats, we did go forward mm-hmm. when we had the opportunity to. It right. wasn't that; it wasn't total backs to the wall for it ninety was, minutes. They weren't bombarding us for the whole time. We we kept them in front of us for the whole time, marshalled superbly by Cahill by the look of it. So I think I think it was defensive, but I, I think <coughs> we, smash and we, grab is we probably were, not quite. We were pinned back for long periods. I mean, we had a very good spell after the first goal where we almost got a second. And in fairness, Gaeta didn't have to make too, too many saves. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, the second goal, David De Gea ordinarily is not conceding that. I mean, You're welcome. My, 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 You're welcome. My, <laughs> my, what happens when they go my My, my reaction was sort of like, well, that's not going to beat him. Oh, the net's just bulged. Cue pandemonium. And the missed penalty, obviously, normally they go in, don't they, seven or eight times out of ten and... You know, so there there were that you know the Gary Cahill sending off situation could have gone another way. There was a fair shout for the other penalty as well, where 
Kelly's pulling um, Martial back of the shoulder. So lots of things went for us. There's no question about yeah. that. Well, well I think with Cahill, Cahill, I'm fairly convinced you know, the reason Cahill wasn't sent <laughs> off is because he's Gary Cahill. Really? No, because in the way that John Terry rarely got sent off, because mm. referee, if it was Kelly, yeah, I think there was more chance that the ref would send him off. But Cahill comes with a reputation as a good defender, and a I really think the referee similar. gives the more. I think the referee gives the benefit probably. of the doubt to. I think that definitely to, happens to players like that unconsciously. I oh, but it was very similar. Remember, I wouldn't know that. If it do you remember when <laughs> I did once ask a referee about that? He went, "Well, I wouldn't know whether <laughs> if it's subconscious. How do I know?" But, do you, when we, so. The first time we went there after promotion, we lost two 0 and KG got sent off. Yeah, yeah. for, the for a foul yeah. on, yeah. on it someone, a foul, and, and it was a penalty. It was a penalty and sending off. It was neither, was it? Yeah, and yet this Kelly one, you know. We've, it's almost like that luck has waited six or seven well, years to come to come back to it's, us. It's not. I think yeah, we we do have VAR, much as I hate it. So it was reviewed. So it's two people there who didn't think it was a. a penalty. I, I like it. I have to say. Well, let's not start. Let's <laughs> not because well, you, you're wrong. But it doesn't. No. It's, it's lovely to be back. But yeah, it's like, I'd say to you, Kerry, it's like going to court and knowing there was CCTV of someone committing a crime and someone else going down for it because no one wanted to check because we're not allowed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> if it's wrong, it's wrong, isn't it? We've yeah, got to sort it. Not if it's CCTV with someone with their back turned and two, two, two hoodies on. <laughs> from, from five so different the, angles yeah, and slow motion. Harry Kane would have got a penalty on Sunday with that. I, would, see, I thought that was a penalty. But no, see, it wasn't, was but it? See, again, I thought again, it was from wrong, every but, angle until well, I, let's, let's I saw sort of him lean into the fella and fall over him when he was going the other way. They were reviewed. So, as I say, two people didn't think they were penalties. So And also... Those Man United fans complaining are seriously having a laugh, aren't they? Because the amount of, like we just said, the amount of times at Old Trafford, yeah, of course. they've got decisions yeah, that of clearly course. weren't the right decisions. But it's just, I mean, the end is just on those decisions, the red card, the penalty. Yeah. There was another second one as well, wasn't there? Where someone went in the box, I think, and they didn't. Martial went in the box. Did we, well, did we get lucky the, there? Daniel being booked for diving as well, which is James rather being booked for Daniel diving. Daniel James, James, yeah. Good. yeah. Good. That was horrible little man he is, isn't he? And I really don't like him. Well, when he celebrated, they, they equalised and he celebrated like he scored the winner. Yeah, and all his teammates were like, mate, it's the 88th minute, we're going to try and get a second one. It's, Bizarre behaviour. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just the ego, isn't it? It's the ego of some kids. And, um, you know, yes, yes, we did ride our luck a little bit, but, you know, this, and the, the, we'll be sat here in a few weeks, month's time, yeah. and we'll be going, flipping it, why didn't we get that? I want to get that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd hate to say it, but it probably evens itself out on the season. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping for goalposts and all yeah. that. But we talk about that. And this, we Sick do talk about that. And this was a game, Kevin, where it, it, in front of our eyes, it did even. Yeah, it well, like, okay, even I mean, out. The, the Kelly one wasn't a penalty. Full stop. The the, third, the final instant when Rashford who broke in. Yeah, and Rashford and Martial. No, no, that wasn't. He that fell, was, fell yeah, over his yeah, own feet. Yeah. I thought there. Yeah, and the, yeah. It, I don't. We shouldn't really be talking about. No, I know. Luck, but I just to be fair because if. There's you there, 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 create your own luck. Well, exactly. Yeah, you create your own luck. It, 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 it's like Bill we Shankly, did enough work. Bill Shankly always said, "The harder I work, the luckier I get." And it's, it's yeah. the fact is that we, you can focus on those three incidents, or you can focus on 94 minutes when we were very well organised in defence, mm. very committed, very disciplined. Completely different to the Sheffield United performance. Roy deserves credit for 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 him to make four changes. It's, yeah. I mean, almost unheard of, a very radical, and it they were pos- but but they were positive changes, which again we've accused Hodgson, and you know we said a lot of things last week that we probably have to take back, <laughs> and we've accused Hodgson in the past of being far too negative, and out of the blue he makes those changes that were positive attacking changes. 
Ayu is really interested in the match of the day on Saturday night. They focused on him as our man, and the, as the yeah. outstanding Palace player. Yeah. Schlupp was brilliant, got forward as often yeah. as he could. Chiarte. Chiarte, yeah. Had a great yeah. Yeah. It was the right choice to right put choice. Biggins yeah. on Biggins Pogba, in the yeah. middle. You know, Pogba and, well, I remember at home the last and, uh, season against them when we didn't, we, McTominay, didn't play. Yeah. We played Chiarte, yeah. Luca up against them physically. It was a big thing for us, really. Chiarte wasn't brilliant with the ball, but getting it back... And getting in the way of things, he did particularly well. We didn't really let them play that much, so that was what we were doing. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. just getting, we're sort of breaking them down a lot and really frustrating them. And they're an easy team to frustrate them on yeah. because they're and they're you know their their crowd will get on their back a little bit. And, we, you know they're 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 not a great Man United team, but they're not terrible. No, 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 no they're really not terrible. Hodgson said that's one of the reasons he picked Ayu was not only for the hold up play, which mm. is very good, but also to stop. To come deep and to stop Pogba yes, yes. dictating play, which absolutely works. But also, you saw Pogba's reaction when Benteke tackled him. Mm. Instead of chasing back, he just stopped, you know, slapping his fine frustration, looking at the ref. And if and that's because he'd been you're not allowed to do the chase. chase careful, well, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's, yeah. I was going to say. And if he'd have chased back, he probably could have got yeah, Benteke, yeah, yeah. And, and that yeah. goal would have happened. So yeah, you've got to yeah. look at Pogba. He's, he's got to look at himself, Pogba. And God bless him. It was Wan-Bissaka who passed to. Well, PVA. Well, Masaka, yeah. ironically, almost had his, his worst ever game as a professional got, against the occasion. The occasion gets to him a little bit. He got a few chance of 50 mil, you're having a laugh and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> that was so, it was 45, but there we go. Yeah. Kevin, answer to your bit about the luck and all that. I just, <laughs> I just want to say that the reason I'm, I'm, I try to always be very balanced when I look at everything. Yeah, we know. I've yeah, seen the I, know, I know it frustrates. I've seen the BBS. I know it frustrates <laughs> you. But the my point being is that everyone gets angry when we get beat, and sometimes we've done well and not deserved to lose, and so on. And some days you win games that ordinarily you shouldn't win, and all that sort of stuff. And that's the game. And I was a little bit disappointed with the level of criticism aimed at Roy after the Sheffield United game, which. In fairness, it wasn't good, and he said so himself, you know, and he was disappointed. But people sort of questioning whether he's the right bloke. You know, he proved at the end of last season that if you give him a goal scorer and those other things, that he's well and truly, you know, with third best team for the last 13 or 14 games, as we said before. So he's obviously able to do it. But, and I listened to you guys talking last week and the week before about the transfer window. You know, he's doing the job with one arm tied behind his back now. So, actually, whatever happens, I can't sit here at any point and say that I think we'll be relegated if we were because of the manager or the head coach or whatever his title is because you can't lose a £35 million striker, a £50 million right back, not replace him, say, on you go, Roy, get on with it and expect more. Mm. You shouldn't. Well, we, 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 in answer to that, we, I will point out that we spent the whole of last week's pod blaming Dougie. Yeah, <laughs> none of us. None I know of, you had trouble with none that. Of us, none of us. None of us blamed Roy at all. Yeah. No, do, but he, do, he, he, oh, he's, fans, I, I understand yeah. that. But also, you've won me a fiver because I did say to Ed that you would say something along the lines of, "We shouldn't get too carried away by one defeat no, or by you, one but victory." You, it's a long season. It's true, though. Isn't but it? it's true. No, it's true. But, but I, Kev, I think the game is like you can dominate. You have a strike yeah. from thirty yards. Hit someone's arse. Deflects past the goalie. You lose one nil. The best team doesn't always win. Just the team that scores the most oh, goals. And that's, that, that sums up football, yeah. We can't go toe-to-toe with Manchester United, as you just said, because oh, no, we right. get done yeah, over. Yeah, so we have right. to play in a certain way and be clever yeah, yeah. about what we do in think, order but to but achieve also, the result. I, what, what I think I, 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 you're quite right. We, shouldn't have, we, we probably got too upset about the Sheffield United result. 
and there will be people saying we can't get too overjoyed by the Man United result. But to that group of people, I say screw you, <laughs> because just for what I just want to enjoy the fact that yeah. we went to Old Trafford for, and beat them for the first time in Premier League history and. We're football fans. That's what you're saying. Exactly. And, right. and, 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 and we deserve to. And, and also, we, yeah, we we probably owe Jordan Ayew an apology because you know, because well, I would judge him over the course of the season, but let him have his moment in the sun because he played really, really and well. And he was good against Everton and as well. So, yeah, he was. Yeah. And if he, if he scores goals on a reasonably consistent basis, yeah. he'll be a very good centre forward. And also, he's got the other bits. Somebody did. Well, quite a few people pointed out on Twitter that the one you know the one player we didn't talk about at all last week in terms of the transfer business was Gary Cahill mm. it reminded me of what Jedi said about himself he said I don't know what a leader is but I know I am one Yeah. and without really seeing what Cahill did as we'll discuss later on he yeah. obviously made a big yeah. he clearly made a big yeah. difference can I just end part one on yes. I okay. saw a tweet and we're talking about the May night result and the Sheffield night result being disappointing And so I can't remember who's done this so apologies no credit but they said that Palace are the Premier League's Robin Hood Stealing points from the rich, giving them <laughs> to the poor. That, yeah, yeah. That's bang on end, isn't very it? Very good, yeah. it's very funny, yeah, very good. Well, last team to win at Anfield, last team to win at the, the Emirates. Emirates. The Emirates, Emirates. yeah. yeah. Not doing, bad. Oh, not doing that badly. Field as well. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, there we go. Uh, right, okay, uh, that's part one wrapped up. After part two, we are going to be talking about Gary Cahill. Right, welcome back to the Five Down Podcast. Hey! Yes. Part two, which as ever is in partnership with The Athletic this season. Now, The Athletic have launched in the UK and have signed a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based app and website, and they currently have completely ad-free access. No ads, no annoying pop-ups, just brilliant <laughs> articles. Uh, and you can visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription, which is £2.50 a month. Not bad at all. Welcome to the new home of football writing. Right, each week we'll be reviewing an article, a uh, Palace article on The Athletic, and this week's is called How Palace Beat United, Cahill Barking Orders, Passion in the Posh Seats, and Hodgson Ringing the Changes by Matt Woosnam and Andy Mitten. Uh, I'm going to read you a little section, and it's about Cahill. As we referenced in the end of part one, it says uh, leadership has been one thing Palace have lacked in the opening weeks of the season. But in Cahill, Hodgson may have found the solution. The 33-year-old barked orders at his teammates from as early as the third minute and marshalled the backline all afternoon. Palace's defence was not leaky before Cahill's introduction, but that leadership ability which earned him the captain's armband for club and country was evident throughout. So, Salzy, do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm a Gary Cahill fan. I think he's. From what I'd uh, I'd had a com- conversation with uh, Dean oh, Dean Kiley last week, um, and I asked about Gary Cahill actually, and he said to me that he'd made a very strong impression on everybody around the place from the way he conducts his business and and his level of performances even on the training pitch, and um, I think it's going to prove to be a very astute piece of business for us in that sense because I mean it's an area we're we're reasonably strong anyway. I'm. The five central defenders we now have at our disposal, I'm not unhappy to use any of them, if I'm honest. Who do you um, think Cahill's going to be first choice from now on? Cahill, Sacco? Well, Sacco will be, I would imagine, and mm. then it would be, I mean, Tompkins or or Cahill would be a tough call, wouldn't it, yeah. really? So, I mean, I'd, I think, obviously, the injuries to the two 
that we've just mentioned there uh, have sort of forced their hand into probably doing something because ordinarily at the end of last season a new central defender wouldn't have been top of my list mm. you know yeah. in that sense mm. but you know I think with the nature of their injuries and it dragging on for quite a while you know it was probably a wise thing to do to bring in an extra body and it's a very good body a very experienced very capable footballer Arsenal spending 8 million quid on David Luiz when Cahill was out there available on a free transfer and just basically he's such a better player than David Luiz that's, that's what he's pointing out but basically sort of very heavily implying that the Arsenal establishment thought that David Luiz is a kind of sexier Public buy, if you like, they can't defend. I mean, but I know, but, but, but it's no, like, I, I but, totally agree with you. But they were saying, it's a, it's all about image, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a harder thing to sell to the fans. Cable yeah. coming in and this, more dour. This is one of the yeah. problems with football. I think it comes out in that article as well in the Athletics. It's, it's that. It's that. What it made me think about is that a lot of clubs. And we're talking mainly about the top six and a few mm. below them. It's a very image conscious yeah. thing they've got. They have to yeah. sell around the world. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you get some like. David Luiz, everybody knows what he looks like. Yeah. They also, there's another player in Arsenal who looks exactly like him as well. Gwen Doozy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and so they're, they're going to have a team of people that yeah, look yeah. like that. But it's 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 just all marketing. <laughs> yeah, it's all marketing. Sent, I mean, I'm joking, they, but there's an element of it. No, yeah, they, yeah, sent, yeah. they sent, their own, Arsenal did loads of PR pictures with the two of them together. So well, look at that. Did they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's a, like James says, it's a, it's a selling it's, point. It's, it's, but, it's a marketing thing. Yeah. And we're not talking about marketing around Highbury, or sorry, around um, the Emirates. We're talking about marketing around the world, in the Middle East and Australia and America and and that's what these teams have got to that's what they're going to do so but what they're doing they're they're losing it on the pitch yeah well know, so the, 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 the David Luiz thing is a classic example when Sacco mugged him I mean it's a brilliant bit of skill from Sacco well, what's David Luiz doing basically in the left wing back position in the mm. first place Cahill simply wouldn't have had that and as the athletic article points out Cahill was talking all the time there's that very visible bit that they showed on I think it was goals on Sunday not a match day where Cahill was shouting at Van Arnholt within about the third or fourth minute. Well, that's like us, like we all shout. Well, yeah, I know, but, 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 <laughs> but it, it turns out that's what he needed. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was like Pulis used to be with Yannick Bellassi, like basically talking him for a game. Yeah. And Cahill yeah. was doing that the whole, the You'd whole time. You'd think that would be basic, so you'd think that most players would do that, but clearly some, some have the leadership qualities that others don't. Some don't. It's, it's, that's got down very rarely talks on the pitch. You, you don't, but with Cahill, it's kind of visible. And I think it's interesting what Selji said about that. Because Hodgson was was talking about that when Cahill came in, that he was looking for him to show players good habits, and you know, I, hearing that Cahill was the one that kind of expressed his displeasure after the Sheffield United game in a maybe in a more vehement way than Roy even would. Because when you've got a player like that who's used to only winning, winning things, and has been constantly surrounded by the top quality players, mm. he's going to expect the other players to to adopt those habits which is I think brilliant yeah the, the other thing that, they, that we mentioned in that article was about some skirmish on the terraces with Parish yeah, and the yeah, United was, fans yeah. I, I read the article and I, was, and I didn't know anything about no, this no, just, I do, do you know anything I don't really know too much to be honest but oh he does somebody said something to me yesterday that he was Getting a bit of stick from some United fans or Be, something during the game. Because he was happy that they'd scored? No, 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 was, like just during, during the game. game. During the game. He, over, then, he uh, over-celebrated then. And then, oh, oh, because of that, that yeah. And uh, having sat with him several times, he's not one that does even get out of his seat. He's mm. very, uh, he's very um, sensible, let's say, and doesn't right, okay. get excited. But for if, that, if he was leaping out of his seat, then... Uh, 
it was probably in response to this fella that had been in his ear all the time. Right, okay. but, Mark uh, Bright. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 90, 90 minutes of that was enough to get yeah. really... Right, he was probably talking to about his two goals. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was all the way through. Because he was at the Stratford end and I've got this header at the far post and uh, Jim Layton couldn't keep it out and I just sort of powered it in. Oh dear, right. Um, just back on Cahill... Uh, we've had a question from Luke O. Hi, Luke. Hi, Luke O. And he says, uh, can you sum up Cahill's performance? Any chance in him taking Luca's armband? Is there a captain in waiting there, Kevin? I, I, it's an interesting we're, we're the only country that gets obsessed with the captaincy. Any other country, basically the captain does the, the coin toss and that's, and that's it. I've, I think Cahill strikes me as one of those players who doesn't need the armband yeah. to be captain yeah, essentially exactly. I mean he's just he's just a natural leader he's got all those years of experience at the highest level champions what I mean I presume so was he, his wages I wouldn't want you to name a figure even if you, even if you knew <laughs> but I, I presume <laughs> really I presume he'd, okay, he'd, but he would come in for all that it's a free transfer I presume he'd be in the top three or four wage earners wouldn't he mm. would we be matching what he got at Chelsea no not necessarily right. I think he's probably earning less than he was at Chelsea um there would have been some geographical uh, uh, reasoning also behind his decision. I'm sure he's got young children, I think, that are in school. And uh, I've met his father a couple of times, actually. And funnily enough, I ended up sitting by him on Saturday again. And uh, so he was sort of talking to me a little bit about, you know, I said, you know, did you... Because he's from Sheffield, uh, his father. And... um, Funny, you were talking about Gary Cowell and referees because I think he was something to do with providing referees for the Football Association or something. His father, in some, there's some link oh, there anyway. Handy, um, good. But I <laughs> sat next to him at Chelsea Palace a few years ago when um, Ben Teke sat Courtois down that day yeah, and, oh, and yeah. lifted it over him. Um, and uh, so we, we were talking and uh, he, I mean, I think Gary Cahill would have I, from what his dad had sort of said to me, wanted to work with Roy Hodgson and really likes him and respects oh, okay. him. Did Roy work with him at England? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Palace, he thought, was a very good club and geographically it worked without him having to move home. And he, said Rub- he said so Ruben there were a lot of, he said. Oh, yeah, Ruben. Yeah, there, yeah, a lot yeah. of good, there were a lot of ticks in the boxes, yeah. really, for, for Gary Cowell. And he's a player that's right up Roy Street. You know, I mean... I know Andy Street will laugh when he's listening about my steady eddies and flash stands uh, (laughs) scenario that he always ridicules me for. But, you know, Roy likes a sort of solid citizen, doesn't he? A fellow that he can rely on. And when you're talking about leadership, you know, you need... And the captain's armband, I don't think the captain's armband is particularly important. I think you need... The more leaders you have in your team... Mm. But leadership is is different in in different ways. You know, you have your organisers, your shouters and your ballers, but you also have a different form. You know, Julian Speroni would be a leader in his own way by the fact he's respected by everyone and the way that he carries out his business and that he, he does his job in a certain fashion. You know, obviously we had Damien Delaney, we had Glenn Murray, we had Jedi. Jason Punch and mm. Jedinak at the same time. You know, you had a, a lot of very strong characters yeah. in the dressing room. This is another but, one, hopefully. Yeah. But there, there is a balance with that because if you have too many of those also, yeah. you 
you can't have too many chiefs and not enough Indians in Also, James, didn't community. you support you know? Solid Citizen with Loop in the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> Probably at one well, point. We know they spot um, would, right. would there have been a discussion about whether or not he played regularly? Would that have been a factor in no, that? No, I don't. I think Roy would just look at everything Monday to Friday and he he wouldn't, you know, I think, like all managers, they have players that they like and they trust and so on, but I don't think Roy is one. I think with Alan Pardew, you knew what his best 11 mm. players were. Whenever he had the chance to put these 11 players on the pitch, he always put those 11 players on the pitch, you know. And I think Roy is a bit more, I think as it should be, a little bit form-based, opponent-based, yeah. Yeah. you know, shape. You're not fixed playing this. And he plays this narrow 4-4-2, sometimes a 4-3-3 or 4-5-1. The thing with all these shapes, and we talk about them, you know, 4-4-1-1 is 4-2-3-1 also. It's the same thing, you know. It, it depends how you want to dress the way a 4-5-1 yeah, yeah. is also. Yeah, yeah. You know, it depends how you want to see it or how you want to describe it. Or well, a lot of it depends and, on the turnover or yes. the phase of play anyway. So, but I mean, what he would have done on Saturday is said, out of possession, we get the bank of five, which was actually almost defensively like a 4-1-4 because Lucas sat a little bit deeper. Then MacArthur and uh, Czech in front of them and... and uh, Wilf and Jeffrey Slup. So we had like a sort of, and then AU obviously didn't uh, didn't try and seek the ball too high up the pitch. Dropped in as we talked about the Pogba situation, but on a certain pass, then they lock on and they go and try and try and uh, press from there. But you know, in fairness, it worked very well. I know we're going back talking about the game ever so slightly, but you know, I said to you it was sitting there was quite breathtaking and a bit exhausting you know under a lot of pressure but actually there weren't that many attempts on the target yeah. in the I mean Guaita wasn't mm. flying around making difficult saves by any means so although they had a lot of the ball was something like 79% didn't they I think they only managed the same amount of attempts on target as we, we did, did over yeah, the yeah. 90 minutes despite having 22 versus 5 or something overall and I don't think the Miss penalty on the post counts as on target either, does it? No. So um, don't think so. No. So you know, it, it's a testament, and that's why I always say to you that I think Roy is a very safe pair of hands. And given the situation we're in, where we are two players, I'd say to you that putting those two players back into our squad now, Aaron and and Mitchy Batchwai. I'd say to you, I'd fancy our chances of being in the top eight or nine, mm. if I'm honest. And and the results at the end of last season probably would yeah. really support yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I do think also, if you need to to scrap out results, Roy's a sort of for me like an upmarket, a much more um, polished version of Tony Pulis to a point that he's got that defensive. Uh, structure and we're well drilled and stuff like that but I think we've, we offer a bit more as an offensive team than Tony Pulis mm. teams tend to do but we've, yeah. we've had you know the Cameron Jeromes and the Fraser Campbells and now Jordan Ayew to a point who give you that phenomenal work rate in the last third of the field and chase every lost cause but we're just hoping that Jordan Ayew now can have a little run and hit the net a few times and perhaps that'll turn him into a 
12 or 15 goals a season striker together with all those that, other, other um, attributes that he's got. If he it? does that, then we'll be, we'll be laughing. Ooh, well, unless he's not in your fantasy team, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he's going straight in. But Enders, you probably I mean, got Andre good. instead. Yeah. <laughs> that was a brilliant finish, Enders, wasn't it? What? For value. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, under that amount of pressure yeah. at Old Trafford. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you can't underestimate, you know, the fact that you're playing in front of 75,000 in the Theatre of Dreams yeah. or whatever, you know, against arguably the biggest club in the world. And there he is. No, it was amazing. Under pressure, took it so well. And, he, and I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased for him. You know, as with all strikers, you, they, it's all confidence. Yeah, it? massively. Confidence. He, he, he obviously enjoyed scoring it, but he had, the, yeah. he, he had what strikers always say is the worst thing a striker can have, and that's time. Yeah. That's yes, it. Yeah, you know, time yeah, to yeah, think about yeah, it. That's, you, like, that's the mark of a good player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When yeah, he, totally he's yeah. got ice running through his veins yeah, yeah. in those situations. But do you remember his... Uh, his first goal for us away at Wolves back in January yeah, yeah. very nice finish again yeah, on his yeah, weaker yeah. foot so yeah. anyway he, d- he didn't to be fair JD have the disadvantage of 75,000 tourists filming it on their phone <laughs> and flashing, flashing bulbs in his face as he was looking bearing very down on the strip for them well, that anyway was, that was the other along with Slough Towns chart that was the other big that just made me laugh the Palace fans chart we'll roast you back to London yeah, yeah. We're every right. time so every time laugh a lot right uh, so you can read that article How Palace Beat United um, by Andy Andy Mitten and Matt Woosnam at The Athletic and sign up now. Um, if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription, which is £2.50 a month. Um, after the break, we're going to be taking questions from our listeners. Welcome back to the Faux Plan Podcast. Hey! 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 Pod 294. Five. Oh my god! Uh, right, it's question time. Question from Bob Dunton. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. He just says, "How great was that?" Brilliant. Really good. It was yeah, really great. That was good, Bob. Excellent. Great. Um, Dan Purvis. Hi, Dan. Says my question would be, "Why Palace? Why? <laughs> why not beat Sheffield United and lose to Man United like any normal club?" <laughs> typical Fair, Palace. Typical isn't it? Palace. Well, that's it? the word "normal." Has anyone asked? Have we turned yeah. the corner yet? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, we get that every week. That would be. I'm yeah. selective with that one. We're actually. Yeah. I, I think we're actually on a roundabout. We have been. Yeah. For the last seven years. Gareth Jones. Hi, Gareth. Says Drew in the home kit, lost in the away kit, one in the. Third kit, should we wear the sash every week? <laughs> well, yeah, funny clearly enough, that must be the reason. It, 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 <laughs> being football fans, that came up in conversations over the weekend, yeah. Because I, I said we should never play in the black kit again, yeah. Basically, just wear that white it's kit. A, the sash is nice, actually. When it came out, I was like, oh, it looks a bit like last year. I like the white, it's kit. Nice. The white kit's nice, yeah. yeah. It's all right, yeah. Um, well, even though we apparently disrespected Gary Cahill by making him pose in it. Chelsea, Chelsea mm-hmm. fans got the really yeah, yeah. why oh. led by Talk Sport saying it was disrespectful to. What do they know? About we respect? we unveiled Gary Cahill wearing the third kit. Why yeah. is that? Hang on, so that was why is that disrespectful to Gary Cahill? He should be wearing the first team kit, not the third. he literally doesn't Grow care. Up. I know oh, exactly. Grow up, right, um, Luke Tyrrell. Hi, Luke. He's Hi, got Luke. a question about potentially my favourite Palace player. He says, will Jeffrey Schlupp finally get the credit he deserves or will he still be scapegoated for those that want Meyer to start despite Meyer showing he's ineffective as an impact sub and not... Oh, he's effective as an impact sub and not when starting. Schluppy deserves praise, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I think... And we've said this many times on this part. I think the problem with Schlupp is it's still difficult to know what his best position, his is. Best position is. And yeah, we're, I agree. Because he, 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 he seems to be played in different places but he's clearly a good player and he's capable of scoring goals and he embarrassed Lindelof a little bit by beating him in the air for, yeah. the, for the goal but not just beating him but actually directing 
the flick as well. He had that, the run on him, to be fair. He, didn't he? He, he, he did, but that was good forward play. But it's, it's, it, he, he just seems to be an option for other people he, not being he, there. But rather I don't than know, the first... I've said this to you, Kevin. I can't remember if I said it on here before because I waffled, talk so much garbage normally. But the uh, <laughs> really, Jeffrey, <laughs> stop it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Jeffrey Slut was a striker in Leicester City's yes, youth team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a very prolific goal scorer, actually. Um, and funny, like. Um, Chrissy Powell, my pal, he's all often talk because he was working at Leicester as a coach at the time. Often talks to me about Sluppy being a, you know, a really decent finisher and stuff in training. So, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's a very useful bloke to have in his squad. Yeah. Wide left midfield player could play number ten even. I think you know because he's got that burst mm-hmm. of energy. He'll put a, a shift in and he can take a chance when it comes left well, back he's you know you've got a, a few I mean, there are people talking about him playing left back instead of yeah. PVA after the first couple of games see. but that's partly that's partly his problem as well because he's not exactly. he's not he's not yeah. better than the people we got in those positions but he's a good person to bring in yeah. when you want to change things up and clearly I don't think uh, I think we probably all would have predicted maybe are you playing and we would have predicted Cahill play I don't think many of us thought that Schlupp would be, I'd, would be I'd, playing I guess the week before, when I was on the way back from Sheffield on the on the post match pod, I know you're not an avid listener, Kev, but oh, the, uh, I'm not any sort of listener, avid. But the team I'm actually, I just don't in, listen to in it. Fairness, <laughs> avidly, I'm not. In fairness, like Roy, can't even say three to four. Rob asked me what would I do the following week, and you know the size thing was a concern of mine, and I talked about those two, and I said that I'd consider using Jeffrey Slup as well and, and AU because I thought of the, the, the hard running. I thought also that we might see Camarasa, but mm. probably Man Ooh. United away <laughs> was a was a little step too far and MacArthur would be a bit more secure for Roy and we'd have more more tackles in us, if you like, in midfield when we didn't have the ball. But What's your take on the Camarasa situation? Um, He's not even on the bench, which is... No, I think we'll probably see him tonight. Yeah, um, And... I think he looks quite a talented player and he's got size as well. You know, he's not he's not the problem you have with Max Meyer where you have the technical side but not the physical side. He's I think he's about six two camera, Is so he? he's a reasonable size. Right. I think he'd be more of a more of a Andre Moritz type uh, player for us, you know, and that was before we were in the Premier League for I remember Moritz. Yeah. But he um I think he's a sort of elegant forward player as a number 10 that, that's got real quality and I'm hoping that he might force his way in but obviously that will depend on grabbing by the by the, uh, by the the nuts the opportunity tonight for instance to mm. show that he's an absolute cut above and why he should be under consideration yeah well we'll see but going back to Schluppy mm. as someone who won Oxford and District's uh, most versatile player for under 14s 98-99 still, still got the trophy <laughs> is that your award most versatile player most versatile player wow that's oh, really did all, the, did all the kids we, get a trophy yeah. that that was, it felt, that's think, the last one they buy in the yeah. shop <laughs> oh well, JD oh, what are we going to call him oh, most versatile yeah. what are we going to call him punctual he's the most punctual player we've got <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nicest player <laughs> nicest <laughs> friendliest player <laughs> reliable yeah, yeah. 
But um, both best post-match podcast, yeah. even. But, oh yeah, yeah, maybe. But it, it is actually. I think it's it is actually a downfall. That, it? it is a downfall when a player is actually quite useful in loads of positions. Yeah, yeah. rather you than don't the, get a regular spot. Yeah. But he's really good to have on the bench, but, and, he's, he, and he's really he, good to bring on. And he never moans games. like he never moans that, and he just cra- gets on with the job. He's a classic squad player. Yeah, isn't he? he's a, cla- a really really good squad player. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's just we seem to have a little bit of. Depth at the moment, do we? We so have in midfield. So we have got, we've got a good squad yeah. overall, but it's lacking a little bit of star really. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. goals and yeah. more players that can go past people with yeah. the ball. Yes, that's yeah. true. But they're they're the two problems. You have, you've only got Will and Andros Townsend really that will face somebody up and go by them with the ball. And I think in a balanced squad, you'd like five of those yeah. not two yeah. you know and you'd like somebody in the middle and then, do it as well, and, you? and you want yeah, a, exactly. you, you want a sort of sharp quick striker that's going to score your goals as well I mean you, you talk about that's why even somebody like Dwight Gale I think had he been here during Roy's management would be a prolific goal scorer for Crystal Palace I don't I don't think in the time that he was here he we really played with a two-man strike force yeah. very no, often. It wasn't and I very think often. he he probably suffered from that. But as an out-and-out out finisher and a goal scorer, I think he's mm. he's pretty decent. Speaking of firepower, then or stardust, as you called it, well, um, nice phrase. We've got a like uh, lovely, yeah, very nice. Um, there's some rumours about Wilf going to PSG. Have you guys mm. seen these? Do you want to talk about? It? We've got a lot of questions to about replace it. Neymar. To rep- is that what it is? To replace yeah, Neymar? Who's going? What going yeah. to Barcelona? We had a couple of questions. Let me read them out, and we can briefly talk about it. Um, Gareth Richards Hi Gareth. Said, Hi Gareth I would like to think the upper management in inverted commas is looking for or planning for life after Wilf after Wilf goes any thoughts on that Gareth from California Hi Gareth Hi Gareth, Hi, Gareth. Wow. Uh, Julian, How you doing buddy Julian Chenery says Wilf is it goodbye or au revoir and then in brackets <laughs> for those that are theatrical references the end of act one of Mary Poppins <laughs> 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 Just Hi, to let us well, know. well done Julian I uh, think it's interesting that you, we've learned, haven't we? Not over the summer to take anything to tabloids yeah. and pinch of salt. I find it hard to believe that the that PSG would try and sell Zaha to the Parisians as a replacement for Neymar. Uh, but he does speak French, uh, and I think, to be honest. If they, if they offer us hundred million pound, I think we should be accepting it. I think it's, most Palestinians for that for that amount. And I think it's it's way, it's way above the valuation. I think uh, you know just we've been praising Roy. I think if any manager could manage the two months or the three months between now and the January window without Wilf, it's probably Hodgson. We've talked about how good mm. Schlupp is and there's potential, you know, and having the depth to maybe play in different ways. I to mean, in a in a weird way, it, it could actually help the squad. By him going, yeah, because it's just there's this all this uncertainty. Well, you'd, st- you'd still have yeah. those games there where, as Celsius says, you need a bit of stardust. Yes, and you, yeah, yeah, you, but you've, you've lost you've hundred million, a lot of hundred million plus the money we haven't spent on Wembasaka buys you a lot of stardust. Yeah, mm. really. Well, I mean, just made for hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> But and, I, I, do, I, you I, say I, that, Kev, the, just, the, bit, just, the bit that worries me is that. We sold the 50 mid of world's most average, expensive right back yeah. and couldn't find one in the whole of the world to come in. I mean, well, it's that's, pretty oh, that's partly because the one we did want got badly in. I mean, yeah, but there were they had several, and yeah, no, know, to I, not I, get any of them over the line, yeah, we, to end up with one right back in your squad. And yeah, you know, at the, at the end of last season, we needed two full backs, really. 
competition for Van Arnold. If Aaron went, then Wardy also would need competition cover, whichever way you want to look at it. And probably four forward players were, were what we needed. Yeah. And as you were talking about last week, and I listened, you know, it is. Thank you. It is. No, avidly. Good, but avidly, good. always. Uh, <laughs> how could I not avidly listen to you? Um, they, but the, that didn't the, go the, to your eyes. The, 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 the balance isn't quite right, is it, yeah. in the squad? And, you know, even at the Sheffield United game, where obviously you were all disappointed, as was I, but. I was looking around at the bench thinking there's still not very much. You know, we're missing two central defenders that are injured. Everyone else is available. And I'm not looking at the bench thinking, oof, let's get him on because he's going to change the picture. But and you need players on your... For me, Kev, on your bench, right, you need a go- You have a goalie, you have a defender, you have a midfield player. And the other four players should all be pretty much strikers and wide players. Yeah, yeah. Who, you know, people that you can bring on change and say, go and get the ball yeah. and yeah. carry yeah. it and go and beat people and make something happen and change the picture for us. You need that. That There's nothing better as a fan when things aren't going your way and you see that we're introducing a player who you know is going to come on and carry the ball and go yeah. past someone with the ball. Yeah. And I think a team is as good as how many players you've got that can go past somebody the, with the ball. The, it's interesting know. though because uh, not 10 minutes ago Enders was talking about we seem to have a quite strong squad now yeah. but, 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 which I agree with. We have. But yeah. I also agree with what you said. Yeah, there, we have. But, you're right. But we, we have, have a strong squad. It's, it's, it's just missing areas, that little bit of yeah. we haven't if, got enough magicians. But the thing yeah, is but if, 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 if the one magician we do have in Wilf yeah. is 15-20% underperforming which he probably has been so far this season then you you kind of think well let's cut our losses and and because if he, if he does want away as desperately as everyone says he does then he's not going to be as good a player for us as he as he has been and for all that he you know he made the, the second goal without a doubt for all he's still our best most creative player mm. if we do have an opportunity of replacing somebody who's going to continue being unhappy at Palace with somebody two or three people of you know not quite as good as he is and that's you probably have to take. I mean, it's, it's it's his. I think it's his decision. It's his demeanour that makes the decision. It's you probably have more insight into this than I do about how happy he is to be here at Palace and whether he would continue. You know, he clearly doesn't want to be the Matt Letizia figure who never quite gets a chance to fulfil his potential. Yeah, there, there's, else, a, there's but, a lot of noise around him, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff that comes out. I'm, a lot of huffing and puffing. Well, yeah. you know, the Sky Sports stuff is all, you know, just people feeding bits of information yeah. to people that are desperate for something to talk about and want to generate a story. You know, I've, I'd said in the previous two summers that, and you'd asked me a couple of times, did I think he would leave and all that, and I'd always said, no, this summer I felt less confident about the situation, of course, um, you know, particularly with the public element, but... Steve's not going to roll over and have his belly tickled and we're not going to sell this bloke for <laughs> what, 60... That's another 60, one, that's another salesy, yeah, isn't so, You know, we're not... Bright we're is not, not doing that, is you know, <laughs> is, that his, is that Bright's job? That's, that's how he gets tickets. <laughs> my point being is that we've got this asset who's on a very, very lucrative contract yeah. for a lot of money. Yeah. And when you sign that contract... Last year. ...for a lot of money... Mm. I'm 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 probably the wrong person to ask because I'm pretty old school about all this kind of stuff. You know, if you sign a contract, it should actually mean something. Yeah. One, and if you're what you're saying for for me, you see, if I had a player and I say to him, "You're going to earn 
seven, eight million pounds a year, five, six million, whatever it is, you are basically saying to the club, you choose what happens to me for this period because I'm here and I'm earning this money. And if you decide that I go somewhere else because someone makes a great offer, then that's up to you, but it's not my choice and I'm locked into this deal. And, you know, Steve, regardless of pressure and people shouting and the noise, he can't go and give away a player for half his market value just because there's a bit of noise. You know, he can't. And but £100 million pounds, it's, it's, not, it's not half his it's value anymore, his, is it? It's no, above, but it's above have valuation. they offered us £100 million? Well, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, again, usual stuff in the press. Why is it there? Who puts it there? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying to you I know. I don't actually know anything about it. So I'm not saying to you it's complete fabrication or it's the, the full truth. I, I actually can't tell you that I know anything about that. I've not heard it. I've not. I've just read it yeah. in the Sunday papers, like you. But, but there, most of this stuff that appears in the press, as I've said before, is there because people want to put it there. Do you yeah. know? And when you read stories, you can usually tell. You know, if you read about a foreign player coming into this country that's interesting, West Ham, Crystal Palace, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, Watford you know that it's an agent that's placed that story <laughs> yeah, with yeah, a yeah. journalist and fed him some line. And, and let go, me tell you... will go to Watford. That, that, <laughs> well, yeah. But let me tell you that, that so much of this stuff yeah, of course, is just all games and people yeah, playing. Yeah. And and having been at the other end of it, and you know I'm, I'm doing one at the moment, but but when you're at the other end of the... And the actual reality of the negotiation is nothing like how people imagine or or expect in terms of you know most of the contracts I've ever fixed for a player I'm sort of thoroughly underwhelmed by at the end of it it isn't like mm. that you walk away and everyone goes oh this is incredible yeah. like we're over the moon <laughs> it's actually oh I thought we'd get a bit more than yeah, that yeah. Oh, not, yeah. <laughs> and the club's been a bit difficult and the players a bit difficult you know it's this this sort of stuff it's it's never really as glamorous or as straightforward as anybody thinks. You know, it's kind Apart of from this podcast, of course. Yeah, of course, a lot yeah. more glamorous. You've got the glamour, obviously, Jay. It'd be interesting to see the fact because obviously Wilf gets cut a lot of slack because he's a legend and he's one of our own kids. But any other player who, who is apparently publicly stating that he's really unhappy at the club, so unhappy that he would take a move to Everton, would be getting a lot of stick from fans. And it, it, but I'd be interested to see how long that goodwill. Towards him, I suppose last, it all depends on how well he plays. Well, exactly. Exactly. It's all about exactly. that. It's I think people will forget that if I he mean, starts the, banging them in. I think he was a very. Like, I, I wrote last week when I did the column in the SLP that I thought he was a lucky boy to receive the reception that he did. And I mean, I'm very fond of Wilf, but mm. to have 25,000 people stand up and applaud yeah. him after being very public in saying you, you want to leave, I think he, he's very fortunate to have that much love around yeah. him and people yeah. are willing to let it go and, and do it because I think in years gone by, well, I I certainly would have expected a more mixed reception. Yeah. Than yeah. That. Yeah. I, th- I think, and this is only anecdotal, but I think it's because a lot of fans are blaming the agent, not not him. Well, so many I, things again, I, for... I hear different things. You know, yeah. when I say that, 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 you know, on one side you hear that, you know, the agent is to blame and on the other side I'm hearing that He's not, and there are other people around it. And, you know, even with the Everton stuff, what were the bids? What were the bids? Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, I'm even led to believe that, you know, that the, the, the bids or 
talk is coming from all manner of different directions. Yeah, as yeah. in, you've got Bill Kenwright, who knows Steve very well, yeah. and they have a good relationship. Another theatrical person. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then you've got um, uh, Machini, is that his name? The chair, yeah. the owner. and Who's Jim and then, White's uh, best Mar- mate. Yeah, Mar- Marcel Brands, the sporting yeah. director. So there's all kinds of conversations taking place with club, agent, you never know, family members, whatever else, you know, and there is, there's been a lot of noise around it, but at the end of the day, you know, Wilfred is worth a hundred million pounds and more to Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. He might not be worth to anybody else, yeah. but to yeah. us, yeah. he's worth it. Yeah. So Agreed. therefore, yeah. I'm not really one who wants to sort of entertain this, oh, we'll have to leave because, you know, at the end of the day, if somebody offers us the money, that is right and he's desperate to go, then you can have that conversation. But are we going to attract a player for Crystal Palace who is on the level of Wilfred Zaha to come in and replace him? Probably that's, not. Mm. That's part of your problem. Yeah, you know, right. It's yeah, one yeah. thing having the player yeah, yeah. and then yeah. trying to replace him, but if he's, you know, how many hundred million pound footballers are, are, are queuing up around. Uh, Outside Sainsbury's at Sellers yeah, Park, no, so you know, yeah. come on down. I'm desperate to be here. You know, well, we'll, I think at some point when Wolf goes, we will find out. But that is uh, something Let's for a future. Let's hope we don't find out. Let, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. either way, something for a future pod. Uh, in part five, well, thank you for your questions. Part uh, five, five, four, four. four. What about three? Sorry, sorry. Okay, right. Well, thank you for all your questions. Uh, lovely stuff. In part four, we're going to preview Aston Villa at home. Welcome back to the Five Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod 295, the final part of this week's pod, of course, is previewing the next game. Well, technically, the next game is tonight against Colchester. Mm. We've touched on that briefly, and we think there might be a few fringe players like Camarasa uh, playing. Why don't you just say the next, next Premier League game? Okay, well, just because there might be some people think, listening today. I don't today. think we can do 11 players. Enders because I don't oh, think can't. we've got enough well, enough enough yeah. fit central defenders and fullbacks <laughs> and stuff to do well, the whole 11 but there'll be nearly 11 there'll be changes and we've had a few questions about the Villa game and I'm wondering what you guys thoughts are on whether the Colchester game actually will affect the Villa game you know if someone like Camarasa has a good game will he come in uh, Christian Hi, Christian. Hi, Christian. I'm assuming that, not Benteke. Not, eh? not Benteke, no. <laughs> no. But he is asking about team selection. message in French. <laughs> He's asking about team selection. So. Or Flemish. Which one is like Flemish. French, yeah. He says, do we keep the same team for Villa or do we finally start to rotate tactically? to rotate tactically dependent on the opponent. I would su- suggest that Roy does that already. Um, but what do you think, Stelz? The same team or, again, will it be a case of the personnel match the opposition? bit of both, again, I think. You know, I... I I do think in the modern era, when you've got a big squad like that, it's horses for courses. And perhaps, I mean, Roy isn't one that people say likes to change. But as I said earlier, I don't think he's always got that many options to yeah, change. True. And, yeah. you know, you have the usual, you know, why is it Max Meyer playing? He's underused and so on and, and all these kind of things. And I... And I sort of think, well, actually, when he has used him, has he ever really delivered for him and made him go, oh, you're undroppable, you know, you've got to be on my side. I think I I would imagine that the only thing I could see potentially would be whether MacArthur and Cuyate, whether one of those might come out Mm. and if Camarasa blows the doors off with his performance tonight and shows a... 
a really good attacking side. But I still, I think Roy being Roy, he's more likely to force his way onto the bench mm. probably. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think so. I think you're more likely to see a functional midfield. Yeah. Against, I watched the Villa game Friday night. And in the midfield, with McGinn and Jota and Grealish, got some good players. They've got some really yeah, good skills, really but they're not not—they're not big. No, Grealish, McGinn and Jota are all probably under six foot. They're yeah, quite slight, that's true. very technically gifted, and also they were vulnerable at the back. So I, I would suspect that the midfield will be probably the same. Yeah, and he'll look to win the ball from those people. Yeah. And they're, but going, and they went forward really quite progressively yeah, and creatively. Good. Played some good football, but. I think you would look to get behind him. I think I think you'd probably be the same team. Yeah, and, I guess. And, and Roy did say actually that on Saturday, Jordan Ayew Enders was mm. actually unlucky to be dropped for the Sheffield United yeah. game yeah. and played well, and, and, I think, and obviously did well this week. I think you'll keep Tech on the bench. He'll come yeah. on with ten minutes to go and get the winner against his old club. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. So well, he's he celebrate right Enders or not? Yes, of course he will. Cause he, he will. scored. Yeah, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> score enough. <laughs> <not> to celebrate. <laughs> Absolutely, he's going to celebrate. He's forgotten how to do it. What's this? He'll do a lap of honor. What's this weird sensation that's happened? What's happening to me? But that's uh, no, that's that's my dream. I I think he'll keep pretty much the. Yeah, I think IU is IU has earned another star. Yeah, I think that team earned. Has earned to be reached. Another go. Agreed. Agreed. Without doubt. It's just the only thing is you wouldn't want him to. We, I would just would like to see him play 20 yards further up the pitch. Yeah. That's I also, also, you think someone like Camarasa would make them always yeah, do that? I mean, I, I don't... You, you, know, just, you just really don't know what Palace... We've seen the two yeah, sides yeah. of Palace yeah. over the last two games. Yeah. We really have seen both sides. We've seen one, the abject, shocking performance when we're all just pulling our hair out. And then we saw that one, which just, which the team were together, there was fight, you know, and there was metal in there. And it's just like, I just, you know, who knows? But it was nice that that came so quickly after Sheffield United. Yes. Well, it, it, had, it, 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 it had quite yeah. important, actually. Yeah, well, we talked about that last week, saying... So I mean, I think even yeah. if we'd lost against United, but showed that level yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, commitment, absolutely. that's absolutely. what we wanted to see. The, the, the and that's the level yeah. we want to see on Saturday. Exactly. We got, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Even if we end up with four points after that, it's still one of our best starts <laughs> yeah. to a Premier League season for quite some time. If, we've, if, we, thought, if mm. we end up with seven points, then that'll be quite amazing. After all, territory. The, after all the pre-season pessimism, that yeah. would be a, very good. And there's the international break. It'd be lovely to go into the international break with... With seven points, very true. Oh, of yeah. course, international break. Right. The, the twenty yards up the pitch thing. I was going to say to you, the, there's a big factor in that, and that's Mamadou Seko a lot of the time. Yeah, fair that, point. Yeah. That, yeah, and his ability to carry the ball and, yeah. and yeah. play out. You know that does get you twenty yards. How, how far away? How far away is he? Not, not soon, I don't think. No, I don't think it'd but be. Who, Maybe after Cahill. the international break, right. it yeah. could come into contention. It depends. Oh, Tompkins again, like. I don't really know what's gone on there, but I, I, I'm not sure that it's all the original injury now oh, we're right, talking because okay. it might be the Connor Wickham syndrome oh, where other things no, have gone no, wrong no, afterwards. I'm okay. not sure. But. Well, we got Cahill now, so we're all sorted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Easy. That's the end of the podcast. Hey, Thank you for being here. Sorry, listeners, for you. Five stars. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you to Soho Radio. Five stars. I think that was, I think that started out as a three and it ends up as a five. Obviously you're gonna edit it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for being here. Uh, thank thank you. you to Soho Radio for hosting us and thank you for listening. There'll be an extra pod after the Villa game, of course, and then we'll be back next week with the main pod as per. So enjoy the weekend's football and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.